Welcome back to Prep Work, the Dispatches High School Sports Podcast. As always, I'm Bailey Johnson, the Dispatches High School Sports Reporter. Let's talk about the past week of high school sports. Wow, I just realized how many times I say high school sports in that intro, but it's what we're doing, so we'll go with it. We'll start talking a little bit about some football. It is somehow the last week of the regular season, week 10. I cannot believe it. I know I've spent a lot of time on this podcast talking about how quickly the time has gone, but it truly has. It feels like just yesterday I was frantically trying to figure out what game I should go to for the first game I would cover of the season. It felt important because it was my first Ohio high school football game, my first football game in this job. And now it's week 10. The tree outside my window that I look at every day has lost almost all its leaves. There's a couple still hanging on little baby leaves but for all intents and purposes fall is here it's crisp outside it's cool just this time last week it was still almost in the 80s but fall is truly here now and it's time for the football playoffs they're almost here i can't believe this is last week of the regular season lots of good stuff coming up this week that will decide the final teams in the playoffs playoff seating all that good stuff but first we'll talk a little bit about last week and a little about the week before because we missed last week's episode of the podcast which i apologize for Going all the way back to week eight, I saw Dublin Jerome play at Olentangy Berlin, and what a game that was. A long time ago now, so we don't need to dig into every single layer of the details, but I did just want to mention it because it was a really impressive comeback from Berlin to win it by one point at the last minute. Harrison Brewster showed a lot of poise as he led them on that game-winning drive there in the fourth quarter. It's not necessarily an offense that's built for quick strikes. They like to run the ball. They like to chew time off the clock, but They needed to throw the ball on that drive. They needed to make things happen quickly. And Brewster was completely in command and he made it happen. Even though Jerome lost, I was also really impressed with some of their guys. Luke McLaughlin can really run the ball. It's super quick, absolutely electric with the ball in his hands. And they've got some big receivers that are always big play threats as well. And their quarterback does a nice job getting the ball in the right place at the right time. Really, that game could have gone either way. Almost felt like it was going to come down to whoever had the ball at the end of the game and Berlin was the one that he was able to hold on just a little bit longer. Jerome's had a tough couple weeks because then they got Marysville after that. So losing twice in a row, but to really strong teams. Um, hopefully they can get some momentum strung together for the playoffs because certainly there are some good guys on that team and a team that's capable of making a little bit of a run here. This past Friday night, week nine, I went to East to see them host Beechcroft. And even though it was pretty lopsided at the end, I was... Really pleased to see East hang in there for a while, especially given the situation that they were in. They don't have a lot of guys on that team. The sideline looks pretty thin when you're standing there. And they'd had the previous three weeks off with COVID issues. I think maybe two weeks was their own problem and another week um, their opponent forced the cancellation of the game. So it's just tough to be in game shape in week 10 or in week nine, sorry, when you haven't played in three weeks and your opponent's been playing pretty much every week. I don't think Beechcroft has had a week off or maybe they've just had one, not anything strung together like East have had to deal with. So it's just tough to be in the shape to hang in there, particularly on the offensive and defensive lines and sort of grind through a game like that when you just get worn down throughout the game. Um, But they kept it together for a half and were able to disrupt Beechcroft's offense really throughout the game, particularly in the first half. Um, It was nice to see that, and hopefully if they're able to squeeze into the playoffs, they can get a little bit of momentum strung together and get some guys back and, and, you know, appropriate game shape. Not that they weren't, but it's just tough when you've had a few weeks off. Um, Ty Taylor and Ishmael Span Bowers are both legit, legit players, really, really, really talented athletes, incredibly fun to watch. So look for those guys to pop off if East is able to squeeze into the playoffs, which we'll talk about in a bit. And of course, obviously with that 34-14 win, Beechcroft looked strong. Deontay Latham is as advertised and their defense was really good as well. Looking ahead to this Friday, obviously last Friday of the season or of the regular season. So there's a lot of great matchups ahead of us. It almost 
seems like some of these were scheduled on purpose, knowing that they would hopefully come down to the wire in some of these leagues. And they've lived up to the billing. I know I expected a few of them to be better than maybe they're going to turn out to be, but there are some really good games that are going to decide a lot as far as playoff seating, home field advantage in the playoffs, who gets into the playoffs, some teams trying to squeeze in there at the bottom. There are going to be some league titles decided. I know most of them have been settled already, like New Albany got at least a share of their title last week with that comeback win over Pick North. But I know um, Afrocentric Eastmore will be a big game in the City League, which we'll talk about, and a lot of good games. So let's take a look at a few of them. In Division 6, it's pretty much impossible to overstate how big the Mechanicsburg-West Jefferson game is. Both teams are 9-0. They're ranked second and third in the state, respectively. So that's going to be just a huge showdown. Definitely the toughest game West Jeff has played so far. They've not played a hugely competitive schedule to this point. I think most of the teams they've played have been right around 500 or worse than that. So a 9-0 team in Week 10, and it's on the road. So that's going to be a huge, huge game for West Jefferson. But they've got a lot of experience on that team. Their quarterback, Tyler Fisher, puts up unbelievable numbers every week. And he's a senior. He's been starter since halfway through his freshman year. So pretty much can't be more prepared than he'll be for this one. Um, I wouldn't expect that environment to intimidate him or anything. So we'll see how that goes. But obviously a huge game there. Upper Arlington faces was probably its toughest test of the season so far, hosting Hilliard-Davidson. Um, UA is looking to go 10-0, and have a perfect regular season for the first time since they went 15-0 and and won the state championship in 2000. And as I say the year 2000, I realized that that was 21 years ago and none of the players on their current roster were alive when that happened. I was alive, barely. I was only two years old, but none of their current players were alive when that happened, which is pretty crazy to think about. Doesn't sound like that long ago, but in the context of a high school kid's life, it kind of is. That's a big game for them. Davidson's coming in at 7-2. and two. UA, obviously, 9-0. and out. Definitely the best team UA's faced, at least on paper. Um, they've taken down pretty convincingly some teams that I thought were going to give them more of a test than they ended up giving them. So we'll see how that goes. But Davidson's clipping right now. They're sort of two-headed monster of running backs. Um, Johnny Weir and Leo Nixon is really hard to stop. I know um, Nixon got a little bit banged up in their game last week, so hopefully he's good to go this Friday. Um, Davidson also is a really good kicker, which... Could end up being a decider if the game gets close. Although Upper Arlington has a really good kicker as well um, with Zach Yoakum. So every time I think about somewhere where I think one team has the edge, I can sort of talk myself into the other team being able to match up or be better than that. So should be a really, really good game there. Other big games, like I said, include Afrocentric at Eastmore, which should decide the city south. Northland at Beechcroft looks like a good one as well. At the beginning of the season, that one was maybe going to be the city north decider. That ended up a little bit being last week with um, Beechcroft at East, but still a big game for Northland. Um, I know they expect it to be a little bit better this year than they've been. They've had some tough weeks and had you know a little bit of a tough season with COVID issues and stuff, but they're still mathematically in the hunt for the playoffs and a win over a team like Beechcroft that's much higher than them in the computer rankings would really, really help. I don't think they control their own destiny, but obviously a big win like that is the best they can do at this point to do everything they can to get in and then hope for the best. Same is true for East. They have a tough path. I think they're um, about 20th or 21st in their uh, region right now. Let's pull it up and see. Yeah, 21st in their region right now, uh, looking at Joe Itell, whose rankings I would be lost without, especially because he now has his unofficial playoff status. And of course, he has all the disclaimers that it's very unofficial. But I think we all know that we can trust what he's got going on and can use it to guide our own views here. Um, So yeah, it looks like sort of mathematically, if East wins and the teams above them lose, obviously they'll get in, which is how that math works. Um, So hoping for some things to happen for them, some things to break their way to be able to squeeze in there. Five-team gap is a lot to make up, but 
we'll see what happens and maybe they can get in, which I know would be exciting for them, especially after the little bit of a tougher stretch they've had the last few weeks. There are a bunch of other teams looking to go 10 and out or have a perfect regular season like Marysville. Obviously their week one game got canceled, but they could go nine and out. They've pretty much clinched the number one seed in their region and will be home throughout the playoffs, which is huge, especially with the environment they create up there. Um, Delaware Hayes is looking to squeeze in at the bottom of that region. They're likely to control their own destiny. So says Joe Itell. So I think they get, um, I can't remember if it's Westland or Westville Central. Let me check so I sound like I know what I'm talking about. It's neither. It's Franklin Heights, who's 0-7. So should be a good win for Hayes there and see if they can squeeze in there at the bottom of that region. I think last week's win for Olentangy Orange over Bradley is going to get them into the playoffs. They're right now the 16th team in that region. So we'll see. They probably have to win this week to really be sure of it. But they're close. They're right on the edge there. Should hopefully be able to get in. I, they've had... They're a better team than they are on paper. Obviously, the saying is you are what your record says you are, but they've lost in overtime twice, including one game in double overtime. And frankly, played Pickerington North pretty close, only lost by 15. Played Davidson pretty close, only lost by 13, which for a team that was coming into those games 0-5 and then 0-6, you wouldn't necessarily expect. So certainly interesting to see if they're able to get in and sort of use this momentum they've built over the last week with that win to make some noise. Northern and Kilbourne also right on the edge, controlling its destiny. So does Olin Tangy, which there's no easy, smooth, breezy way to transition into this. But I just wanted to express my condolences to the Olin Tangy football program and everybody in that district for the loss of um, Braden Marcus, who passed away over the weekend. Just devastating to see such a young life cut short. Um, really wishing them the best. And it would be very nice to see them get into the playoffs and be able to make a run sort of in his memory because that is just it's an unimaginable tragedy really to lose someone that young and really wishing all of them the best and there's no easy way to transition out of that either but we'll just sort of forge ahead here um granville looking to go nine and oh have their perfect regular season they've pretty much locked up the number one seed in their region bloom carroll as well looking to go 10 and oh a lot of really Really strong teams from Central Ohio. Um, I'll admit that when I came up here, I knew that Cincinnati and Cleveland were known for having their really high-end teams. And I knew a few of the teams' names from the Columbus area, but I don't know that I quite expected to have so many undefeated teams and so many strong top 10 of the state teams in this area. Um, thought it might be a little bit more of like a second-tier thing with Cleveland and Cincinnati having more of the top-tier teams. But I've been wrong about that, and I'll admit that I've been wrong about that. Um, it's been really cool to see all the strong talent around here and all of the really, really high-end teams. Yeah, like I mentioned in the Division Six game, I'm just looking at the rankings right now, but that Division Six game for West Jefferson against Mechanicsburg is going to be huge. Um, Afrocentric is pretty much locked in the playoffs, but obviously a win over Eastmore would help them as well because Eastmore is um, pretty highly ranked as well. New York Catholic ended up losing to Heath. I believe it was just this past week. So their chance at going 10-0 is done. Yeah, they lost to Heath last week. So they're no longer going to be able to go 10-0, but they can still go 9-1, which is obviously a really strong season nonetheless. And I believe with a win in that game, they would lock up the first seed in their region, which is obviously important. You get home field advantage throughout the playoffs. So lots to keep an eye on this week. A lot of stuff that's going to come down to the wire should be a super, super exciting Friday night. I know that I will be scoreboard watching around the state as I'm at my game. Hopefully I'll be at a upper Arlington keeping an eye on that game, but definitely keeping an eye on everything else happening around the state as well as things come down to the wire. 
And in the other fall sports, um, as football gears up for the postseason, every other fall sport is in the thick of their playoffs. Division two and three golf are done. They awarded the first state champions of the fall season over the weekend. Worthington Christian Sam Evans won the individual title in Division three boys. So congratulations to him. Columbus School for Girls freshman Christina Ma, the younger sister of last year's Division II state champion Stephen Ma, placed third overall in her first appearance at state. Very, very strong start to her career. Just a freshman. Really impressive from her. That's a lot of pressure to be having on your shoulders at 14 years old, and obviously she handled it well. Um, and her brother also tied for third at the Division II boys tournament. So good weekend all in all for the Ma family. And I know that D2 boys and girls were both at Ohio State playing on separate courses. So I'm hopeful that their parents got to see them both throughout the day being at the same facility, at least even if they were on different courses. So hopefully that was a good day for them. Soccer playoffs just started at the beginning of this week. It's Tuesday morning as I record this. I know they played Monday night. Um, Tennis and golf division one have state this weekend. Be on the lookout for our previews of those that I will be working on this afternoon. Volleyball and cross country are in the postseason as well. And I just saw yesterday that we're only like two weeks away from the start of basketball practice. So it's all going to start happening really quickly. That'll do it for this week's episode of Prep Work. We'll be back soon to talk about the football playoffs, especially with the expansion of 16 teams per region. It's going to be interesting to see how those first-round games go and what those matchups end up being. All the usual announcements apply at the end here. Make sure you're voting for Athlete of the Week. Voting closes at 4 p.m. on Friday. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at BaileyAJohnson underscore, where I tweet mostly about high school sports and a good amount about the Blue Jackets and a little bit about Formula One, if you're into that. They're racing here in the States this week, so if you want to talk about Formula One with me, Make sure you're following me on Twitter. I'm always happy to do that. Follow the Dispatch on Twitter at Dispatch Alerts. Follow our high school sports account on Instagram at Dispatch Sports over there. And make sure you're subscribed to the Dispatch at Dispatch.com slash subscribe now so you can read all of our high school sports content, most of which is subscriber only. And Chandler, our audience editor, will be happy to hear me shout this out right now that our paywall is going to be down for the next day or two as we're transitioning systems. So right now you can read everything on our website that would normally be subscriber only if you're not a subscriber. Um, So make sure you check that out because hopefully that'll convince some of you guys who don't subscribe what you're missing out on and get you guys to subscribe. I believe right now we're running a deal as well. So you can find all of that information again at dispatch.com slash subscribe now. Have a great week. We'll see you next time.